6 billion US dollars. That's how much Chinese citizens and companies with ties to the CCP are spending into the United States real estate market. You do not want to miss this story. Before we get to that, got to let you know, college scam. We got to talk about the college scam. How to scam college with this one great. No, no, it's no, it's not that. It's collegecam.com, the new book out by Charlie Kirk, how America's universities are bankrupting and brainwashing away the future of America's youth. All proceeds from this book sale go to TPUSA. So make sure you go collegecam.com, get your book today. Personally, I'm going to need another one because as I said before, baby AJ came into our stroller, came into his stroller, grabbed Charlie's book and made off with it and never brought it back. Baby AJ stole my copy of the college game. Don't let babies steal yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's July 28th, 2022, Anno Domini. Today's headlines, Chinese citizens are buying $6 billion of property in 15 key states. We're going to break it down next. The suspect in the Kavanaugh assassination attempt also targeted two other justices. We've got new text messages on him. Third, emails have been released. The Biden CDC colluding with Twitter, Google, and Facebook to censor Americans. Completely illegal. And finally, a new study is out showing that police actually only use force in less than 1% of arrests. I don't know who may have told you differently. All this and more head Human Events Daily. Concern growing around the United States that China is buying up an enormous amount of land, both residential and farmland. And I know there are plenty of pieces written about the Chinese purchases of residential real estate uh, driving the prices up here in Florida. Do you have any concerns about that? Well, I don't think they should be able to do it. I think the problem is, is these companies have ties to the CCP and it's not always apparent on the face of mm. whatever a company is doing. But I think it's a huge problem, the influence that they have. Now, what we have done in Florida, I've signed legislation to crack down on undue influence from rogue states, including the CCP. So, for example, we ban Confucius Institutes in the state of Florida. They try to go in higher education and they try to spread the propaganda. So we've taken good steps. We're also probably going to do legislation next legislative session about our pension investments with things that may be linked to the CCP. 15 states. The new data is out. Daily Mail's got the story. 15 states have been targeted by Chinese citizens, many with ties to the CCP, for purchasing property while staying themselves overseas. And they're spending upwards of $6 billion to purchase this land and purchase this real estate here in the United States. Now, we've been talking recently about the farmland that the CCP is coming in and purchasing. Now, we're talking about overall real estate, and we've got the list of 15 states. Here we go. Connecticut, Maryland, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, Oklahoma, Colorado, Arizona, California, huge amount in California, as you can imagine, and then even also Hawaii. What is going on here? Now, Governor DeSantis has said this is a huge problem. And Governor DeSantis is looking at potential legislative fix to actually do something about this. This is a huge issue. And by the way, we're not talking about Chinese Americans, people who are American citizens of Chinese descent or anything like that. No, no, no. This is foreign nationals. Other countries, by the way, have banned this. Even Canada, as crazy as Canada is with Kami Trudeau up there. He's even talking about banning this. 
It says that Chinese buyers spent $6.1 billion in the United States, mainly on residences, 52%, and then another 25% on residential rentals, and then the rest on others. Florida has hit its 14th consecutive year as the number one overall spot for foreign buyers, which Governor Ron DeSantis calls a huge problem. Chinese buyers, on the other hand, have been pushed out of other countries like New Zealand and Australia. Why? Because they're driving up the housing prices. They come in, they pay cash, they're putting prices that nobody else can afford. They're throwing this stuff around. Why? Because they've been totally infused by Western capital for the last 30 years. So congratulations, United States. That's your money coming back in their hands. Like New Zealand and Australia, Governor DeSantis wants to impose foreign taxes on them to deter them from buying on U.S. soil. Governor DeSantis said, I don't think they should be able to do it. I think the problem is many of these are being done with companies that have ties to the CCP, and it's not always apparent. And this is true, by the way, because the way it works in China, see, we don't have necessarily a CCP here in the United States. Well, we certainly do have uh, our regime, but understand In China, it's far more easy to understand where the the lines are when it comes to the CCP and it comes to corporations. They are tied in everything. Every corporation has leadership that's tied to the CCP. Every single one of, they call them Damwei, work units, have uh, committees essentially set up for the CCP or a commissar has the CCP, right? You know, a show like Human Events Daily, we would have a CCP officer assigned to us to make sure that everything that we say here on the program would be, would comport with whatever the talking line, you know, the party line, literally the party line was for that day. So if something we came out was above board, then we, you know, we get in trouble with that. Around here, it's pretty much just Charlie Kirk calls me up. We said, Poso, what are you talking about? What are you doing? You're good. All right, you're good. All right, we're good. We're going. <laughs> and um, not true. I actually have full editorial control. But, but when you look at this, Understand that in China, it's all connected. Everything is tied together. And if you get to the point where you have enough money that you can be spending this stuff overseas, then you are undoubtedly someone who is connected to the CCP. Now, we don't hold that against the Chinese people. The Lao Baixing, the regular folks, the working folks of China, they are the first victims of the CCP. But we are here in the United States. We have the 50 states that are ours. We have the governors. They can put, this is a nonpartisan thing. This is, you can be liberal, you can be conservative, whatever. This is something about the national security of our country and also protecting homeowners and home buyers here in the United States. Don't let this happen. Go to your governor and tell them that you want change. The new Q2 numbers are in and it's exactly what we told you was happening. Two consecutive quarters of negative growth. What does that mean? Recession. Americans are rightly concerned about their country right now. We're facing an avalanche of dangerous challenges in our entire nation's history. And are you prepared if the worst happens? If not, you go to preparewithposo.com. Now, I've arranged a special deal between us and Human Events Daily and My Patriot Supply, where you can go get stocked up on long-term emergency food at a great discount. Go to preparewithposo.com right now and save 150 bucks on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply are America's largest preparedness company with over 56,000 four- and five-star reviews. 
My Patriot Supply's food is specifically packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years in storage, so it will be there whenever you need it. Survival experts recommend a three-month supply per person. This kit provides three solid months of delicious meals with over 2,000 calories per day. To order yours today, go to preparewithposo.com. Get one kit per person. Act now and save 150 bucks on the food you may sadly need soon. Preparewithposo.com. It's us and my Patriot Supply. Make sure you go to the link in the description. It has now been reported that the marshals, uh, our administration assigned to help protect judges, were instrumental uh, in the person not accomplishing the horrible deed it, he set out to do. This is the threat that we saw against Kavanaugh. And so we have taken this very seriously. Like you said, we have com- condemned, it, condemned it. The president has, and we will continue to do so. Nicholas Roski, Nicholas Roski, Nicholas Roski. Do you remember the name Nicholas Roski? See, we here at Human Events Daily have been one of the only programs to make sure that we say this name again and again, that we make sure that we specifically discuss this individual and his, as we now know, alleged actions in the assassination attempt of Brett Kavanaugh. Because this is a story that's completely been excised from the news cycle. Nobody wants to talk about it. There ain't no commissions that are being held on the assassination attempt on Brett Kavanaugh. By the way, a couple of weeks after this, the Japanese Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Abe, was actually killed, shot and killed with a shotgun, a homemade shotgun, at a campaign rally in Japan. So the assassination of world leaders, yes, it is something that we do need to worry about, as a matter of fact. Yet our media and our politics and our leaders couldn't care less about Nicholas Roski. Well, the post-millennial does care about this, and they've got a new report out. The suspect arrested in the attempted assassination of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh had plans to target two other Supreme Court justices and sought out advice on how to carry out the attacks on Internet forums. New documents reveal that Nicholas Roski, 26, had meticulously pre-planned the attempted assassination of multiple justices following the criminal leak of a draft decision to overturn abortion landmark ruling Roe v. Wade. The conversation, and this is this is incredible, they actually got a conversation between him and Reddit, by the way. I just got to say it. Of course it's a Reddit guy. Of course it was a Reddit guy that tried to take out Kavanaugh. Does that surprise you? Does that surprise anyone? It was a Reddit guy. And he tried, I kid you not, he tried to plan his assassination attempt, not only of Kavanaugh, but of three justices total, on Reddit. Let's continue, shall we? Look at let's look at the actual documents. He said, "I'm going to stop Roe v. Wade from being overturned," Roski told a an inter, another internet user in an online conversation. The unknown user responded, "What you trying to do? Remove some people from the Supreme Court," Roski replied. The other user said, two dead justices ain't going to do nothing. This whole government is effed." There's no fixing that you would die. There's no fixing that you would die before you killed them all. Yeah, but I could get at least one, which would change the votes for decades to come. And I'm shooting for three. All of the major decisions for the last 10 years have been along party lines. So if there are more liberal than conservative justices, they will have more power. He then went to Google in uh, his, his um, you know, I, I, I thought like, you know, maybe go play like Assassin's Creed, maybe try to try to learn something. No, no, no. He went to Google. 
and he Googled the terms, three, three, three various searches that he ran, including how to be stealthy, assassin skills, assassin skills, and most effective place to stab someone. On June 8th, Roski was arrested outside the home of, of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I'd just like to thank God for a moment for making Redditors so incredibly stupid. Um, I just really appreciate that, Lord. I thank you very much for putting your hedge of protection on Justice Kavanaugh and the other justices, since clearly conservatives here. So you had quite literally a left-wing domestic terrorist who is one of the stupidest domestic terrorists that we've ever seen. And I was at Gitmo. All right, so I've seen some dumb terrorists. I've seen some really, really dumb terrorists. But this guy, whew, how to be stealthy. Here's an idea, friend, chum. Get off of Reddit. Get off of, and by the way, though, by the way, I, I have to say this because it's going to come up in the next segment because we're talking about Google and some of these other features. This guy was Googling, how do I assassinate Brett Kavanaugh? And nobody said anything. What, where's all the, the, you know, the online searches? Where's the NSA? Where's the FBI? Where, oh, you have all these sensors and we're watching out for violence. This guy was, tell, he was telling people in open on Reddit that he was going to kill Supreme Court justices and not a single moderator, not a single person at Google or Reddit said anything about it. At this point, you're complicit. You're okay. You're not going to, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. So a massive treasure trove of documents has just been released by the America First Legal Organization. And America First Legal has gotten these through, um, through legal work that they've been putting forward, Freedom of Information Act requests and then demands from our CDC. And what we're seeing here is the potential for massive lawsuits because this is legal activity. The CDC was coordinating with Google, Facebook, Twitter, and probably more, right? We've only got a few pieces of information here, but it's over the course of six months, starting in December, 2020, the CDC officials routinely were communicating with Twitter, Facebook, and Google over what they called vaccine misinformation. At various times, CDC officials would flag specific posts by users on social media platforms such as Twitter as, quote, example posts. And we're getting this, by the way, from the Free Beacon, who first reported it. In one email to a CDC staffer, a Twitter employee said he's looking forward to setting up regular chats with the agency. Other emails show the scheduling of meetings with the CDC over how to best police alleged misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines. Although many of the posts of the flag, uh, flagged by the CDC did, in fact, contain false information, the efforts to police misinformation also resulted in mistaken acts of censorship. An April 20, 2021 email from a CDC staffer to Facebook states that, quote, Algorithms that Facebook and other social media networks are apparently using to screen out by postings, sources of vaccine misinformation, are also apparently screening out valid public health messaging, including at one point, Wyoming, the, the communications from Wyoming Health. Look, 
Take it back. Everything that you thought was true is true. Everything that you thought they were doing, they're doing, and more. We knew from the start of this that you had CDC officials that were obviously working directly hand in glove with these big tech platforms to censor people. Now, here's the problem with that. Go back to the legal basis. If you are a company that decide a tech company that decides that you don't want certain information on your platform, you don't want uh, certain people on your platform, legally, you are allowed to do something about that, that because that's called Section 230 protections. You're allowed to take that action. But the government is not allowed to come in to those companies and tell people what people are allowed to say and who's allowed to be on the platform because that is a violation of the First Amendment. The government cannot direct the censorship of speech and the censorship of individuals. That's what happened here. You know, Alex Berenson just got back on Twitter, still verified on Twitter, by the way. He was taken down for months, sues Twitter, and then he got information, and we talked about it here in this program, we got information that not only had Twitter changed up their terms of service and then didn't follow the new terms of service, but they were also working with government entities in order to censor him. D.C. Drano has a similar situation in the state of California with this. Every single person who was censored from any of the big social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Google, the YouTube, I guess that's under Google, you now have the ability to sue because we can see underneath these filings, we can actually see that the government was coming in and telling people who's allowed to speak. This is very similar to the Disinformation Governance Board. Now, we blew that up. Human Events Daily has been credited as being the place that first blew the whistle on that thing, Nina Yankovic and everything else. All they were trying to do was formalized. That was going to be a formalized operation, an apparatus that they were going to put on top of speech in this country, on top of social media, to be able to go in and censor you and say, guess what? You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to ask these questions. You're not allowed to be skeptical. You're not allowed to question pushing new medicines on children. Not even allowed to question it. Not even allowed to speak about it. That's where we're going in this country, and that's why we call it a regime. But now I want to speak on behalf of the 5,200 brave men and women of the Houston Police Department and the other 800,000 police officers that are working these streets every single day, putting their lives on the line. We are sick and tired of having targets on our back. We are sick and tired of having dirtbags trying to take our lives when all we're trying to do is protect this community and protect our families. Enough is enough. And if you're the ones that are out there spreading the rhetoric that police officers are the enemy, well, just know we've all got your number now. We're going to be keeping track of all of y'all, and we're going to make sure that we hold you accountable every time you stir the pot on our police officers. We've had enough, folks. We're out there doing our jobs every day, putting our lives on the line for our families. Enough is enough. Now, please keep these officers in your prayers. Well, a new study and a new book are out from City Journal, and the study is fantastic. It's incredible. The numbers that we're seeing are not anything that we've seen anywhere else in media, anywhere else in the research. What is this? From Daily Mail, the headline is, Police use force in less than 1% of arrests. Shoot their guns even less than that, and long, term, long jail terms are, in fact, reserved for hardened criminals. 
This obviously takes on liberal theories of the racist justice system. In this, in in a sample of arrests, it states, and the author is Rafael Manguel. His new book, his new study, is called "Criminal Injustice." Police used force in just 0.78% of sampled arrests and fired their weapons in only 0.03% of those uh, arrests or altercations. This is the exact opposite that we hear from the mainstream media constantly. This idea that police are out there just hunting people because of the color of their skin. It's not true. It's never been true. As a matter of fact, it's a myth. It's an urban legend. It's something that we used to obviously look back on and say, well, that's, that's not what's happening. It's not true. Now let's go to the actual criminal justice system. What is the proportion of prisoners that have reoffended within 10 years of their release? And just on state numbers alone, the number is 80%. 80% of prisoners are reoffenders at the state level. Next, what proportion of prisoners are detained for violence or violent weapon offenses? That's 60%, again, at the state, at the state level. Proportion of convicted felons who were on parole? probation, or pretrial release at time of offense, 36%. Guess what? It turns out that in the United States, we do have a problem in our criminal justice system, and it's called criminals. And no amount of hand-wringing about spending and about poverty and about root causes, what they love to call racism, system, all this, no, 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 right? All of those things, are the issues? Sure, absolutely they are. Should root causes be dealt with? Yes, absolutely they should. But the reason that we had a reduction in crime in the 1990s, and I just interviewed Mayor Giuliani about this last week, was that police stepped up and were given the ability to actually go and do their jobs. That's it. That's absolutely it. President Trump just said the other day that if you execute drug dealers, then on average, you will save, for every one drug dealer you execute, you will save 500 lives. Understand, these theories are there, the data is there, and it shows the problem that we have in this country. We have an under-policing problem. Just follow the actual data. Don't go out there and start twisting things and messing up. No, 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 no. Because here's the issue. It's not about the low-crime areas. It's about protecting the people that live in high-crime areas. If you live in a high-crime area, and these cities, it's like we've completely abandoned them. It's we've completely forgot about them. What about the families? What about the children that have to grow up with gunshots going off right outside their window every night? And that's it for us here at Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends and leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? Chinese citizens buying $6 billion of property in 15 key states. Next, the suspect in the Kavanaugh assassination attempt targeted two other justices on Reddit, by the way, on Reddit. Third, emails between Biden's CDC and Twitter, Google, and Facebook shows collusion to, to actually censor Americans. And then finally, a new study out showing that police only use force in less than 1% of arrests. Not exactly what viral videos have been telling you because it turns out less than 1% of the time. Folks, so much going on. Of course, Turning Point, we still have all of our potential legal options going on with The View. We may get into those. We may. We'll see. 
But before we go, I wanted to get into today's moment of history for the history break. Today is the day that all the way back, we're going way, 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 way back to the 1860s, believe it or not, 1868, the day that the 14th Amendment was ratified. Now, what did the 14th Amendment do? It granted citizenship to the slaves. Formerly enslaved people born or naturalized in the United States were given U.S. citizenship. Obviously, of course, this is during the Reconstruction era. This was after the Civil War. It was long before my family ever got here. But if you look at the actual text of the document, what it's talking about is reaffirming the privileges and rights of all citizens and granting citizens equal protection under the law. Okay. What it does not discuss is illegal immigrants and foreign citizens coming here and having children on our soil and then getting automatic citizenship. It is not there and it never was. That needs to end. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.